Robert Scheinfeld here. Welcome to this special recording on the topic of abundance. Abundance is something that is so misunderstood. There are so many myths and what I call lies, illusions, and stories about it in the personal development and spiritual development arenas. So I'm thrilled to be able to share this recording with you and to be able to shine the light of truth with a capital T on this topic that is so misunderstood and that there are so many myths about. I'll come back again at the end of the recording. This was taken from a live interview that I did on the radio on the topic of abundance. So in a minute, we'll go to that interview, and then I'll come back on at the end for some closing remarks. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody. This is Dr. Katie Garnett, and our guest today is the amazing Robert Scheinfeld, and he is author of uh, quite a few things, and I want to tell you about that, but I want uh, Robert to just make an energetic connection first to all of you. So, Robert, if you'll just take a moment to just say hi. Thanks, Robert. Robert Scheinfeld, uh, by the way, uh, you're going to want to be looking this up. It's robertscheinfeld.com, and that's R-O-B-E-R-T-S-C-H-E-I-N-F-E-L-D.com. And uh, on his website, there are the teachings and any number of things, and we'll get to those. Okay, we're so happy to have Robert Scheinfeld here. Robert is the author of a best-selling Nightingale Conant audio program and some major best-selling books from the New York Times bestseller. One of my favorites is Busting Loose from the Money Game. There's also Busting Loose from the Business Game, The Invisible Path to Success, The Eleventh Element, and Being in Truth. And Robert has an amazing background that, that qualifies him both within and without from the soul level and from the mind level to teach us about how to change our perspective on the way we are in the world. And from what I understand, Robert, from reading your book, it all began when you were 12. And by the way, Robert is the grandson of Aaron Scheinfeld, who is the founder and original chairman of Manpower, Inc., which you may know is the world's largest temporary help service. And so when Robert was 12, his grandfather started chatting with him about some very unusual personal and spiritual development philosophies that he felt was the secret to all of his success. So, Robert, I really want to start there, back when you were 12. Tell us what happened when you were learning all this from your grandfather. Well, I was um, the kind of very curious very persistent, aggressive kind of a kid that drives a lot of adults crazy with the constant why, 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 and curious and asking questions about everything. And growing up in this family with this extraordinarily successful business and financial experience with manpower, um, it became clear to me that there was something mysterious about my grandfather's success. I mean, he literally took an idea that he got walking on the docks of Chicago and turned it into, you know, what is now a Fortune 150 company, you know, with $20 billion in sales or something. I mean, one of the world's biggest companies and biggest success stories. And uh, I grew up with this having been in our family. And, and this mysterious thing was just kind of buzzing around. And nobody seemed to know or tell me or whatever, whatever it was. And I was really curious. And so... I lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in the United States, and my grandfather lived in Chicago, so I didn't see him or talk to him all that much, but when I did, at age 12, I started bugging him. You know, I started saying, hey, Gramps, you know, what's this secret to your success, and what's this mystery that nobody seems to be talking about? I want to know, you know, and he would kind of smile and, and wave me off and, and kind of ignore it for quite a long time. And then uh, the summer <clears throat> where he turned 70, he took our entire extended family uh, for a vacation in a very small town in Switzerland. And while we were there, he came up to me one morning and said, would you like to go have a cup of hot chocolate with me? And we walked into town and went into this little cafe and he said, you know, you've been bugging me and bugging me and bugging me and I figured I would finally 
start answering some of your questions, just the two of us. And he started to talk to me about what he called the visible world and the invisible world. And he said most people, particularly when it relates to money and business, and remember this was back in the 70s, so 1970s, and so the world was quite different um, than it is now in terms of awareness of things, including quantum field and other kinds of dynamics. So he was talking and he said most people think that you got to do something in the visible world, and that's where you get success by learning how to manipulate and do things in the visible world. But he said it's actually the invisible world that is where all the power is and where everything really gets done. And he said if you can understand uh, the power sources that are available in the invisible world and learn how to map them out, there's nothing that you cannot create. Now, he then said something which was very significant to me. Uh, which is, he said, now as you grow up, you're going to hear a lot of things that sound like this. Invisible world, visible world, power being elsewhere, and universal laws, and unconscious mind, and all these kinds of things. He said, you're going to hear a lot of things that sound like this. And he said, I'm not talking about what most people talk about when they talk about the invisible world. I'm talking about something that very few people know and most of the people that do know don't talk about and the power for that in me was it created at a very young age a skepticism and a doubt about just about anything that I encountered and even if it was inaccurate what was in my mind was the odds are that what they're saying in books and what most speakers and stuff are saying isn't it <laughs> it's something else and it, it created this doubt and the skepticism that made me keep looking question everything not accept anything on face value. And so he now said, let me let me jump in. go ahead. Let me jump in for a second because you were twelve, and from from what how you responded, you said that what you what you did get from it was to look at the world with a skeptic's eye to question what you're seeing. Do you think at twelve? Did, did you feel that you really understood what he was saying about the invisible world? No. But the thing is, I held him in such high esteem, you know, he was on such a pedestal to me as being this extraordinary human being, because besides having had this big success in business, I mean, he was brilliant, and he played the guitar like a master, he played the piano like a master, he sang, he was funny, he was like what, there was a term that isn't used much anymore, but it used to be used, and it, it, it was a sexist term in a sense when it was used, but there was a term, Renaissance man, um, which oh, was yeah. about somebody that was multi, you know, talented across multiple disciplines at an extraordinary level. So I held him in such high esteem that even though I did not understand everything, it was if he said it, then it's got to be true. And so I knew there was this invisible world. There was this doubt and skepticism. I knew because he told me, this is the secret of everything. All my talent, all the business, all the money, everything that we've enjoyed, it's all coming from being able to map out the power sources in the invisible world and be able to tap them. And we had a few conversations. So let me ask you. Well, let me ask you, at that point, you were having these conversations, you learned this, you had a profound trust in your grandfather, but as you moved forward in your life, I understand from your book that you would create great financial successes, so you got that, that part of it, but then you'd, you'd lose it all, and then you'd recreate it. Tell us how that journey worked for you, and how did you come through that? Well, let me plant one more seed, because it's important to that story. My grandfather and I had that conversation in that cafe, and then we talked maybe two more times briefly, once in person, once on the phone. And then he died suddenly. And he had not, whether I would have understood it or not, or how much, you know, aside, what he actually told me, what went into what I call my incubator, was really amounted to a gigantic tease because he didn't give me any specifics about the invisible world or how to tap it or what to do. It was just, there is this invisible world, there is a way to tap it, and if you can do that, extraordinary things, including everything I've done and more, are possible. So it was an incomplete deal, and it was a gigantic tease. 
And I was a kid, so I did kid stuff for a while. And then I went to college in my 20, in my, you know, when I was 18, and college was not for me. So I left when I was 22, and I went out into the world. And right then, when I left college, my quest to understand what he was talking about and to be able to map out the invisible world and to be able to tap the power sources started in earnest. But he didn't give it to me. He didn't give me a manual. He didn't give me the details. He just gave me this doubt and skepticism and this passion to find it because I knew it was there because of what he said. So when I was 22, I began searching. And, you know, I read all the esoteric stuff I could find, the metaphysical stuff I could find. I read all the mainstream stuff. I tested all the stuff. I experimented. And meanwhile, as you were saying, I, I was in my, I danced back and forth between trying to run my own business and trying to have success with working for other people. And what I noticed happening was, as you suggested, is that I had this pattern that kept repeating itself, which is whether it was in a career, as a job, working for somebody, or it was as an entrepreneur with my own business, I would latch on to something and it, it, things would start going up, 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 up. And then just as I was about to hit the stratosphere in success, whether it was on my own making a ton of money or it was getting promoted and making more money and having more responsibility in a career, working up the ladder, so to speak, then all of a sudden something would happen out of nowhere and I would end up crashing and burning and the business would fail or I'd get fired or the company would get bought out and I'd get laid off or there'd be some political or social struggle and I'd get on the wrong side of the boss or something. I mean, there's always something and I would end up self-destructing and have to pick up the pieces. Now, meanwhile, I was searching for this stuff that my grandfather talked to me about. And the metaphor that I share with people is I compare it to the assembly of a jigsaw puzzle. If you imagine that somebody got a jigsaw puzzle and they didn't show you the box so you didn't know what the final picture was, and they just dumped a bunch of pieces on the table, and you didn't know what it was supposed to look like. So you would start assembling pieces. And in the beginning, even if you have pieces fit together, there's no picture. You don't really know what you're building. You're just assembling pictures. And that's what was happening to me in an orchestrated journey of discovery that started on that path, especially then as why do I keep crashing and burning like this I'm not doing anything you know different but this thing keeps happening and so it was like I got pieces from here I got pieces from there and I was assembling them and then at some point I started to know like if you did that with a jigsaw puzzle at some point you'd know oh I'm putting together a nature scene and you still don't know what it is going to end up looking but you know it's a nature scene it's starting to get clearer and then you keep assembling pieces and you keep assembling pieces and then all of a sudden boom there's the big picture and so over the period of about um, literally I don't know 20 something years I was collecting pieces and I was assembling them and sometimes I knew that was happening and sometimes I didn't and sometimes I had an idea this is what it's going to look like, and sometimes I didn't. And then at one point, it got clear enough that I really thought, I got it now. I've got the magic formula. And, and I did what I, my style has always been, explore, experiment, have deep personal experience with something, and then pop up and do a debrief for others on what I discovered. So my first debrief was the book you mentioned, my first book called The Invisible Path to Success. And there was a course that was along with that, a home study course. And I really thought I'd nailed the formula. And then the pattern kept happening. So I realized, well, okay, I guess I didn't have the magic formula and I'm still missing something. So I'd go back and I'd get more puzzle pieces, more puzzle pieces, and the picture would get clearer. And then I kicked out another debrief that was kind of an expansion of Invisible Path, and that was the second book, which was also a course at the time called The Eleventh Element. It was more business-related um, as a book, and, but the same thing kept happening. And then it wasn't just with money and business. You know, I, my back was always hurting, and my skin was always breaking out with pimples, and I was either alone or I was in relationships with women that were nightmares. And I was angry all the time, and I was frustrated all the time, and I went to all these healers, and I went to all these, and did all these different things, and clearing, and releasing, and all these different things. But 
none of it changed. You know, I, it might seem like something changed, but ultimately the up-down, up-down with business and money continued and the frustration and the anger and relationships not working and skin breaking out and back pain, all that. So I kept saying, all right, well, obviously I, I don't have it yet. And then I... I, Let me before before you before you finish your story. I I know I'm curious, and I'll bet that a lot of people listening are as well. What what do you think was within you, and do you think other people have it? But what was it within you that was all of the the walls you were running into, and all of the blocks you were tripping over? What do you think was within you that kept you going on the search? I think because, bottom line, it was my mission and purpose for this lifetime to make the discoveries that I made as the kind of metaphysical truth with a capital T explanation. And then the other piece was, because if my grandfather said this, then it's there, you know, and it's like, God damn it, if it's there, I want it. (laughs) So on the surface, (laughs) it was that, that if there's that much power available and you could create anything with it, including financial success and career and fulfillment and happiness, and you know, then I wanted it. And then the behind the scenes was, this is just clearly what my life was all about. So let me just finish a couple of things and then I'll actually get into some of the stuff that I discovered that also explains why the up and downs were happening. Um, and Excellent. so I continued to have this cycle. I think I got it, and then I would use what I learned, and then I would notice that still these things weren't changing, or I'd fix one thing, and then another bad thing would come along, and I didn't really change my quality of life. And then I got married, and I had kids, and I had another one of these up, up, up things, and then it looked like I was going to crash and burn again. And now we're talking about at the millions of dollars level. Because that's what happened to me every time I ran one of these cycles, the numbers got bigger, and then it started to be millions up and millions down. And and I had a wife, and I had kids, and we had a lifestyle that everybody was thriving on. And if I crashed and burned again, it wasn't just me that was going to suffer. It was going to be everybody. And so one day, and there are a lot of people that think, well, that's the magic formula, just get angry. And I can tell you from personal experience myself, And working with thousands of people now all over the world, this isn't a magic formula, but it's what happened to me. I got really mad one day. And I spoke to what I, you know, call expanded self, which, you know, sometimes is called higher self, or there's different things. The higher level of consciousness related to us personally, not God, but something us personally. And um, I got mad. I really got mad at this part of me. And I said, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. You teased the shit out of me when I was a kid. I've been doing my due diligence. I've been doing the work. I've put in the time and the money and energy. I've followed your lead. I've assembled these puzzle pieces. You know, we're going on 20 years now, bud, you know, and I just, I can't do this again. There's obviously something I'm missing. So either you give me the missing puzzle pieces and you assemble this picture for me and you give me this formula my grandfather teased me about, Or you get me the hell out of here because I will not run another cycle of this crash and burn and continue this anymore with my family and everything. I just can't do it. And I was in a rage, you know, with my head looking up at the sky like that's where my expanded self was. And and about 11 months later, I actually, that wish was granted. And the final puzzle pieces were revealed to me that showed this big picture of what my grandfather was talking about and why these things had happened to me and what the real opportunity was. And so let me tell you what I saw when that picture came into view. And some of this will sound familiar to your audience, depending on what they've studied. And some of it, like I said before, will sound familiar, but it's actually different. And some of it will sound familiar, but it's just one piece of the puzzle and all the pieces have to be included to be able to tap the power, so to speak. So the first thing that I discovered is there's a saying in spiritual teachings that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience. And I agree with that. And I call it that we're all here playing the human game. The part that I did not know and that is not included in any teaching that I know of um, except one place and then within my own sphere of influence if it's rippled out of there is that the human game actually has three phases to it and I just call them phase one phase two and phase three who we really are 
like that old saying says, is a being, I call an infinite being, that has more power, more wisdom, more joy, more abundance, the ability to create anything that any of us can imagine consciously. And we came here to play this human game. And in phase one of the human game, the point of the game is to convince you that you are the opposite of that. And to have an experience of, we'll just call it, limitation and restriction. So if who we really are is infinitely powerful, the intent of the game is to create an experience of, to one degree or another, being powerless, the opposite of who we really are. If who we really are is infinitely wise, the intent of the game in phase one is to create an experience where we're the opposite of that, which means stupid, you know, an infant and you have to learn something, you don't have a skill, you have to develop it to one degree or another, not knowing, not being wise. And there's different ways that that can look. That's the point of the game, to feel that way in phase one. Same thing with abundance. In, in, in who we really are could create any amount of money, any kind of business success, any kind of opportunity, do anything, have anything, be anything, do anything. So the experience in phase one is meant to be opposite of that. And the same thing, our natural state is off the charts joyfulness. So in phase one of the human game, we either don't feel joyful, we don't feel happy, we don't feel peaceful, whatever word you want to use, or it's elusive. It comes and goes and we can't hold on to it. And in general, most of the time, if we're honest, we're not happy or peaceful or serene. The thing I didn't understand is that that was the design of the game in phase one. And so, and here's where we get into the quantum dynamics. It, if an infinite being who lives in what I humorously call infinite land wants to have that experience, they can't have that experience in infinite land as an infinite being. So if they're going to have that experience, they have to create another reality. They have to create a playing field for the game. And that's what we call the physical universe, three-dimensional reality, whatever you want to call it. It's a playing field for this human game. And then we have to create somebody else, so to speak, not the infinite being that we really are, but like a character in a movie or a story or a video game or whatever. And then we can convince that character that they're the opposite of who they really are in their natural state as an infinite being. And so in phase one, that's the point of the game, to create this individual, this character, and convince it that it's the opposite of who it really is in this and that this world, this universe, this three-dimensional reality, the earth, whatever you want to call it, is real. And there's all this power outside and there's all this danger and you can't get this stuff that you want no matter how hard you try. That's the point of the game in phase one, so that infinite beings can explore and play and express creatively and experience restriction and limitation, which is an alien experience to the natural state. So I didn't know that piece. I also didn't know that there was a phase two to the game. But before I explain phase two, uh, unless you want to interject, I'd like to share what I call my sun and clouds metaphor. Is that okay, or do you have a question? No, I would like you to do that, but also um, I would like to let our listeners know sometimes people join us a little late, and I want to let them know that we are here with the amazing Robert Scheinfeld. Definitely go to his uh, website at Robert Scheinfeld, and that's S-C-H-E-I-N-F-E-L-D, Robert Scheinfeld, one word, dot com. And um, we are learning so much about his life process, where he got where he is, and I can attest to the value of his books. Uh, the one in particular that I'm looking at right now is Busting Loose from the Money Game. Uh, it's not just about money. It's really about life expansion. And so, Robert, now I want to turn it back over to you to continue to enlighten us because your journey really has been fascinating. Yeah, for me too, <laughs> believe me. So <laughs> if we talk about that who you really are is this magnificent godlike infinite being, and then in phase one this character, this uh, um, alternate you, whatever, is created, and then we convince that other character that it's the opposite of who it really is. It's the equivalent of 
the sun and the clouds. You can look at the sun as the equivalent of the infinite being that you really are. And you can look at cloud cover as being the equivalent of everything that gets created from the moment we're born, growing up, or if you believe in past lives, or you believe that there's influences that happen when you're a baby in the womb, you know, whatever. The cloud cover is everything that gets created to convince you that your character is real, this individual that you think yourself to be is real. And it's the opposite of who you really are as an infinite being is the equivalent of the cloud cover. And so in phase one of the human game, this cloud cover is built. And it's built uniquely for all of us. And then it's created to be more and more and more and more dense and solid. Now clouds, you know, are kind of like smoke. They're kind of wispy and you could put your hand through it. But imagine that this level of cloud cover is solid and dense, you know, like concrete or steel or diamonds or something. I mean, very solid, difficult to get through. And so it blocks off our experience of the truth with capital T's, of the infinite being that we really are, of the abundance and the joy and the wisdom and the power that's really available to us. The, the reason, one of the reasons this metaphor is so powerful, besides things I'll share in a minute, is because if you're like on the beach and you're sunbathing and you're feeling the sun or you're just outside and you're feeling the sun and then all of a sudden clouds come in, you notice that it gets darker and it gets cooler and that it's changed in your experience. But the sun didn't go away. When it's nighttime, the sun didn't go anywhere. It's not less powerful. It's not less bright. It didn't lose any energy. Your experience of it is just blocked. But the sun's always there. So the infinite nature of who we really are, it's always there. It doesn't go anywhere. It can't go anywhere. All we can do is hide it. And it gets hidden from view in phase one by design. And then we play for a while in this limited restricted state that we call phase one because the cloud cover's gotten locked in. And again, the important point, and nobody will talk about this in self-help, again, except just a couple people I know of or other people that have been exposed to it through me, is as long as you are in phase one and the cloud cover is in place, you're never going to get all your ducks in a row. You're never going to have the perfect life. It's never all going to work. There's always going to be some problem, something missing, some up and down, some come and go, some something that you want that you don't have. Because that's the definition of phase one. It's to have this opposite of who you really are, limited and restricted experience. And you can make all the money in the world, you can have the best relationship and then there'll be a problem with health or body or business will be up and down or you'll get a couple of your ducks in a row but not others or it'll seem like you got it all and then something will come and knock you out of balance or you'll never get these things that you really want. And that's never going to change. There's no magical self-help, personal development, spiritual development techniques that's ever going to change that as long as you're still in phase one because that's the point of the game. What I didn't understand is that there's also a phase two of the game. And when you move into phase two of the game, everything reverses itself. And the game is now about metaphorically going into that cloud cover, that dense, solid cloud cover that's blocking you from having this experience that's who we really are and that we all really want, consciously or unconsciously. You go into the cloud cover and you start to drill holes in it and tunnels through it and poke holes through it. And this again is where the sun and clouds metaphor is so powerful is because the sun, as I said, it's always there. This infinite abundance, power, wisdom, and joy, which is just the way I label it, it's always there. It's just blocked by this layer of clouds. So anytime you poke a hole in that cloud cover, the sun is going to shine through that hole. And whatever it shines on is going to get permanently and completely transformed. And you will experience some aspect, to one degree or another, of your natural state, but only if you poke holes in the cloud cover. And so phase two is about knocking out big chunks of the cloud cover that was erected in phase one to convince us three-dimensional reality is real and the separate individuals who we really are and, and have this limited and restricted opposite experience. In phase two you can knock out that cloud cover and allow more and more sunshine to shine in. 
And then phase three, which I also didn't know existed, is the opportunity to then, continuing the metaphor, play in the sunshine, where you have full access to infinite abundance in a unique way to still have a human experience, but in a different kind of human experience. Playing in the sunshine, no limits, no restrictions, experiencing the truth of who you really are and playing in the sunshine. And this is what I believe my grandfather was talking to me about, although, to be honest, I don't really know what he would have told me or how it would have differed from that, how he lived. But to me, this was the power source he was referring to. And when he said invisible power and mapping it out and being able to tap it, it was really about knocking out the cloud cover and having access to it again. And so what I discovered after I got mad and these puzzle pieces got revealed, is a methodology which includes, let's call it ideas and concepts, philosophy, and then a specific set of tools that you can use in your day-to-day -day life. It's not meditating. It's not closing your eyes and leaving life. It's not going to a monastery, you know, leaving the world. It's staying in the world and using the raw material of your day-to-day -day life to use this specific set of tools to go into that cloud cover, drill tunnels. And the reason that I talk about drilling tunnels is that although it can, ma it can manifest in any way, this particular journey is designed to unfold over time so that you can savor the expansion process. So you don't use a tool at 11 o'clock on a Thursday and poke a hole at 11.15 on that same Thursday, 15 minutes later, and all of a sudden you got all your abundance and power and wisdom and joy. It's designed to unfold you know, Robert, over I just time. Want I just want to comment that that's one of the things I love about your books is that uh, because a lot of times we'll, we'll run into to people who are saying, well, I want to make this change, and I tried that yesterday, but today is the same, so, you know, what's that about? And, and what I love about your books is you, you take people, like, from phase one to phase two to phase three, you, you teach them about the holographic universe. You talk about pattern plus power equals illusion and how you can break the illusion. Um, and what I, what I love about it is what you were just saying is that you provide steps to take, but you also add value to the idea that um, although I, I, I do believe it's possible to change everything in an instant, that typically because we're, and tell me if I'm getting this wrong, that we're so caught up with the illusion that it is going to take us maybe more than one run at the cloud to break through the whole cloud cover. Well, yeah, I mean, again, if you think that who you really are is an infinite being, who created the cloud cover and created all of this illusion. Certainly who you really are has the power to snap its finger, so to speak, and instantly knock out the cloud cover and give you access to everything. And there are stories of people who quote-unquote spontaneously awakened and whatever, you know, but from my personal experience from having played the Phase 2 and Phase 3 games for coming up on I guess maybe 10 years, 8 to 10 years that I've been playing the Phase 2 and Phase 3 games and doing what we talked about. It's, it, it, what has happened for me and what has simultaneously at times been absolutely the most maddening and frustrating part and then ultimately the most appreciated part is what I call the guided tour because on my journey... It isn't just let's go into the cloud cover and detonate a nuclear bomb and blow it out and have holes in the sunshine, you know, again, instantly or even quickly. It's, it's being taken on a tour where you go into the cloud cover and you're shown. These are the biggest what I call lies, illusions, and stories that convinced you that you are a separate individual and that you're the opposite of who you really are and this holographic universe is real being given a guided tour of how you did that, how you convinced yourself of that, how you fooled yourself, however you want to language it, and peel back layer after layer after layer of how that was done so that you can see, I, you know, there's no way to put this into words. I'll just call it how amazingly creative we are as infinite beings and how we were able to pull off this miracle. 
And again, when you're in the middle of it, it's like the worst thing in the universe. But when you come out the other end, when the hole has been poked, the chunk has been knocked out, the sun is shining on some aspect of your experience, that tour, no matter how long it took, no matter how frustrated you might have been, the fact that you had the tour is one of the most delicious and highly appreciated experiences that you have when you come out the other end and you're playing in the sunshine on something and you have seen all that you saw on the tour it's like recently and then I'll move on I, I a, a group of us were in Washington DC a coaching program that I have and we were in Washington DC and we took a tour of the of the White House and in the tour of the White House in Washington DC you know it took us about two hours to take this tour and so we got to see all these different rooms. And as it turned out, we got to meet the president's dog. And we were told all this stuff about the history of the things that we were seeing. And if I had just shown up at the, at the White House and then like at super high speed, you know, where you can't pay attention to anything, I was whipped through all these rooms and all this stuff, there would have been, you know, I, I wouldn't have gotten the tour, you know. But when it's slowed down and you see a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit here, you go to the next room, you go to this, you go to that, your experience is so much richer. And so the path I took and the path that I support people with is a path that includes the guided tour. And believe me, if there are people that are listening that say, and by the way, as you've already seen, I swear a lot. It's part of who I am. It's part of the way I, you know, and it's just, it's real. So forgive anybody that gets offended. But there was a time when I would have said, and I know a lot of people who are listening might say, fuck that. I don't need the tour. I just want the sunshine now. And I want out of all this stuff that I've been struggling with. And I get that. And I've been there. And I've done that. And... This path is a guided tour that generally unfolds over multiple years, although that's not a rule or a formula. And I can tell you, and I'm speaking from experience in my own life and tens of thousands of people now all over the world, there is not a single person that has taken this path, that has knocked out cloud cover, that has started to play to one degree or another in the sunshine. They all say the same thing. I wouldn't trade that tour for a billion dollars. You know, I wouldn't trade that tour for anything. It makes everything so much richer. And having seen what I saw, I wouldn't trade it. I, I wouldn't want the snap of the finger and be out of the pain and into the pleasure, out of the limitation, into the infinite. You know, I would never have done that. And so, but I got to tell people that that's the deal. This is not a quick fix. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. It's not do something five times and then have all these great goodies. There's this element to it, and because of how strong and seductive and powerful and hypnotic the lies, illusions, and stories that are in the cloud cover are, the journey at various times through it can appear to be, it's not really, but it can appear to be very difficult, very challenging, very frustrating, very painful, but you ultimately move through it, you come out the other end, and you end up playing in more and more and more sunshine. And to me, it's the most extraordinary thing that I've ever experienced. And it's the most extraordinary thing that in all the years that I've been teaching and coaching, it's the most extraordinary thing I've ever taught. And, and it's doable. There's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about any of the people that I've worked with. There's no prerequisite, you know, you, you can't knock out the cloud cover or start drilling through it unless you've dotted it off for 10 years or six lifetimes or whatever. It's doable for everybody now. And how that would happen, if it would happen, what it would look like, how long it'll take, how challenging or uncomfortable whatever it appears to be is all unique for all of us because we're all here having unique journeys and playing the human game in phase one and in phase two in unique ways. And how do, you, how do you encourage people? I know how you do it in your book, but what would you say to our listeners when people are working their way out or punching through the cloud from phase one and they sort of get it, but then they say, oh, well, I tried that and then things got worse and, and then I do this. How, how do you personally encourage people to keep going on that? on that journey well again bottom line it's kind of like the script in a movie 
Or it's kind of like, uh, I'm very fond of using the example of the Harry Potter books because it's about the most universal kind of a book that you can point to that the odds are everyone has experienced. The Harry Potter character had a destiny, if you will. There was something that his story was about. There were certain things that were being explored, you know, and his journey unfolded in certain ways, and it didn't really matter what Harry Potter the character thought in any moment or what he wanted. His story was his story, and the story was going to unfold the way it was going to unfold. So ultimately, it doesn't really matter what I say or what I don't say, and it doesn't matter how, you know, how appealing or, or teasing or whatever what happened with me and my grandfather was. That's why I mentioned before the destiny. My destiny was to take this path, and anybody who starts this journey, whether it's with me or there's some other source now that I'm not aware of or someday, um, it's their destiny to knock out the cloud cover or not, and if it is, they will continue no matter what. It's just what will unfold in the story. So bottom line, that's what's really driving it. But I spend a lot of time in the books and in the online courses, and when I'm talking with people live, I tell people, expect that this is going to take a lot of years. And expect that it's going to be the most difficult, challenging, painful thing that you've ever experienced. Expect that you're going to want to give up a million times. I did. I was ready to throw in the towel. I can't even tell you how many times because I said, you know, I just, I can't do this. My phase one was too difficult, you know, and now this is really hard and I just, I don't have it within me. <laughs> and it was all just noise, you know, ultimately I kept picking myself up off the ground and I continued on but there were so many times I wanted to give up and was convinced I was never going to have the breakthrough and I couldn't do it and I didn't have the strength and blah 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 so I tell people that and then I say expect that and if it's not a lot of years and it's not that difficult and you don't have all these moments of wanting to throw in the towel then great but expect it and then here are the tools. When I, when I, I can't do this in a book because there's not room, but in the multimedia stuff, the online courses that I offer for this, where I have a bigger canvas to paint on, I spend a lot of time with, okay, if you hit one of these places where you feel like giving up, it's tough, you don't want to do it anymore, whatever, here's what you can do. And after them having a lot of foundation with the model and the tools and experience using them, there's a lot that I can offer that I couldn't hear because it wouldn't make any sense. But ultimately, again, it's what's in the script. You know, if you watch a movie or a TV show and it's two and a half hours long, it's an hour long, whatever it is, and there's a story that's unfolding, you know, the characters were given a script and the script unfolded and the story then gets displayed and it's the same with us. When who we really are as an infinite being decides it wants to have a human experience, it's kind of like this is this extraordinary amusement park that the uh, human game is like, the earth is like this gigantic, amazing amusement park with a zillion rides and, and different rides can be ridden and they can be ridden in different ways. And so when an infinite being decides to play the human game, there are specific things that they want the character to be like and to experience and to go through at certain times on this whole journey. And so that's what ends up unfolding. And it's very similar to a script. And so ultimately what I do is I simply say there is this phase one, phase two, phase three. There is the opportunity in phase two to go into that cloud cover knock it out and be able to play in the sunshine and I've developed a way that could help you to do that. And then I just trust, lack of a better term, that the people that this is part of their story and this is their time and the most supportive way to do it would be, let's just call it with my help, um, we'll find their way, we'll feel motivated to do it, we'll start the journey and we'll do it. And, you know, some people, if I look back on sharing this for multiple years, there's lots of people that have been doing it consistently for years and are now playing in the sunshine there are people who are still working in the cloud cover there are people like you said that said oh screw it this is just another thing that doesn't work and they quit um, it absolutely works it is not a dead end like so many of the other things are but it gets back to the cloud cover metaphor and what I said before there are so many spiritual and personal development and self-help techniques that are out there that they don't actually get you into the cloud cover and nothing happens in the cloud cover. 
and you're just kind of running around metaphorically in this dark black and white cold phase one world with this cloud cover blocking off the sun of who you really are and you use these techniques in that dark black and white cold world and maybe you change some things maybe you don't but nothing's happened with the cloud cover you have to get into the cloud cover and so um, there are people in my sphere of influence that would say, no, that's just another thing that doesn't work because they gave up or they didn't really try. They didn't take it from what I call the idea and concept level to the experiential level where they were actually doing something and, and they actually did something in the cloud cover and something changed because they poked some holes. Um, but I get, again, just coming back full circle, my trust is that whoever script, who's ever destiny, who's ever mission and purpose or whatever, is to knock out the cloud cover and go into phase three. And part of their story is to do it with support from me in one way, shape, or form. will find their way to me, will resonate with it, and will have the, as it appears, the um, motivation to continue even when the times get tough, if they do. Well, and we're getting close to the end, and I'm going to ask you what you'd like to say to our audience in just a moment, but I do want to remind people, we've been interacting with Robert Scheinfeld. Go to robertscheinfeld.com, and that's Robert, S-C-H-E-I-N-F-E-L-D.com, all one word, and uh, you'll have amazing access to his information and his list of books, which I highly recommend. But um, as we're as we're moving towards the close, and also uh, Robert, we we normally at the very end take just a couple of minutes to do the one command. Yes, our love, joy. Our primary host is author of the best-selling book in Nightingale Corner uh, program, The One Command. So we usually take our audience just very briefly through that, and I'm going to invite you to stay with us if you can. But uh, just in, in the next couple of minutes, what would you like to leave with our audience? What I generally will end with after sharing what I just shared is I would say there can be all kinds of things that are swirling through the mind in the form of thoughts, ideas and concepts about this and it might be resonating and agreeing with what I'm saying it may be disagreeing or doubting or wondering or questioning well what about this what about that you know blah 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 there can be a lot of noise in the mind and what I invite people to do is for the moment put whatever noise is in the mind the intellect level idea and concept thought level put it on a shelf and just let it be for a minute and move your focus down to what do you feel and some people can't separate it but if you can focus on what you feel and if you feel drawn to this almost like you know it's a magnet and there's a magnetic pull that's drawing you in this you know and maybe there's I really am excited by this and I really want to do this but you know but if there's a pull almost like a physical tangible pull to get started on this then like I said before, the odds are there's something in your story that this would be supportive to. And then I encourage you, you can either go to my website and check stuff out there because, again, there are books that can give you what you need. There are multimedia home study courses and online classes that can do it. So the first thing is just do you feel motivated to do this? But it's feel, not think, but feel. And if you do, then I encourage you to do something to start moving in this direction, whether it's getting a book, going into one of the home study courses or the online classes, the multimedia experiences. And what I will say is, if the multimedia experiences, the courses are outside of your budget right now, then I would say start with one of the books. If one of the multimedia, either home study course or online courses are within your budget right now, there's so much more that I can do on those painting on those canvases and you'll get so much greater support and ability to integrate and in some cases even though it's not better move more quickly into getting stuff done in the cloud cover but you know budgets budget so but I would invite you if you feel that tug that pull to take some action and do something with it and if you don't the opposite of it you don't feel a pull even if intellectually it seems interesting or attractive or what I call sexy but you don't feel that magnetic pull, you don't feel that tug, or you don't two, three days from now or whatever, 
um, then I would invite you to pass because it's not your time or this isn't your path or whatever, but you'll find the answer as to whether this is the right path for you and or is this the right time by scanning your feelings. But you will not find the answer by paying a lot of attention to what's swirling in the intellect, in the thoughts, in the ideas and concepts that can be running through the mind. And so I just invite you to look at what you're feeling and to proceed accordingly. Okay, Robert, back on here again after the interview. I hope you found that fun, interesting, enlightening, eye-opening, mind-blowing, <laughs> whatever. Uh, as was mentioned in the interview, if you have interest in finding out more about the teachings as I refer to them, you can visit my website at robertscheinfeld.com. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-S-C-H-E-I-N-F like Frank, E-L-D.com, robertscheinfeld.com. If you lose that URL, you can type me into Google and you'll very quickly find the website address for my website. There's a lot of information that is available on the website uh, beyond what you heard here. There are video things and a lot of other things, a lot of free information. And then there's also a variety of other options that you can take uh, advantage of, including online courses and such if you want to go more deeply into mastery and direct experience of the kind of truth dynamics that we just talked about. You do have my permission and my invitation and request if you liked what you heard here, if you really resonated with it, you have my permission to share this audio freely as long as it's not modified and I would appreciate it if you would share it. However you share it, whether it's on Facebook or through Twitter or uh, uploading it somewhere, whatever, you have my permission and my request to help pop myths and bust lies, illusions, and stories, exchange them for truth with a capital T by sharing this freely, as long as you don't modify it or charge for it or do anything like that, but just share it freely with no charge. So thanks for spending a little bit of time with me here. Again, if you're interested in exploring these topics further, please visit my website, robertscheinfeld.com. Bye-bye for now.